Straight from the 734, it's the Eastern Insider Podcast. Your chance to get in on the action. I can guarantee you it's one area of the building I won't be using because we all know how little time I'm spending in any weight room. A lot of crazy scenarios that can happen and need to happen for the defending MAC tournament champions. Uh, the assist numbers spoke for themselves. Looking forward to the trip down to Akron. Uh, sure, Akron. Now, let's send it to the guys on the inside of it all. Greg Steiner and Alex Jewell. Not even a pandemic could stop Alex Jewell and myself. We are back for year three of the Eastern Insider. Alex covered in mask form, but he's side by side with me once more. We're finally back in the office, which means we're that much closer to the start of Eastern Michigan Athletics being back on the field, court, pool, whatever you want to say. And that's the case this week because on Wednesday night, just two days from today, Greg, football's back in action with a trip to Kent State. March 11th was the last time we saw an Eastern Michigan team take to any form of competition. That was when women's tennis played Cleveland State at Chippewa Club. We've already seen the green and white meet for swimming. But yeah, Alex, you mentioned it. First time we get to see an actual competition. And until toe meets ball at 6.05 on Wednesday, we all still wait with bated breath. Absolutely. This has been one of the most interesting times that we've ever had. We talked about it a little bit as as we headed into the summer, we had already kind of seen the re- results of COVID and how that impacted the athletic department. Uh, I think everybody is excited and uh, we'll be happy to know that our department has made it through thus far. We're, uh, you know, obviously taking every day one step at a time. And really, it makes you appreciate all of the little things just a little more when you see them maybe getting taken away uh, like we did this summer. It also makes you appreciate when you actually see someone's mouth. Because, you know, with these masks, I can't always see that smiling face of yours. And nothing makes you smile more than interviews with Chris Creighton And boy, oh boy, do we have one today for you. You get to hear from the man that you worship the most that rides that eastern sideline. Well, I do love Chris Creighton, and I want to go back to let you know that I appreciate your comments about my smile. Most people that listen to this show uh, that are related to me or know me personally tell me all the time that I have a face for podcasting, uh, so they don't mind seeing me behind a mask. But nonetheless, it's good to be back with you to talk about this kind of thing. And that's exactly right. We've got Chris Creighton. We all know the football kicking off tomorrow. There's no better way to get back in the podcasting season than to have a football extravaganza on this episode. So we've got a great interview between you and Coach Creighton. He's going to hit on a lot of things. For those that may not know, Coach Creighton taking on some new roles this year, including calling plays on the offensive side of the ball, not to mention having to navigate this team through a six-game schedule starting later than Eastern played in a very, very long time. Oh, by the way, it's been over 315 days since the last time they took the field and they're on a short window of practice so a couple of challenges that coach Creighton certainly is going to have to address and he does a good job explaining that and then after coach Creighton we sit down with second year WEMU radio team member Tom Helmer his role is going to be a little different this year no sideline reporting for him Greg but I know he was excited to catch up with us and talk about his new role in the studio yeah you mentioned Alex no longer for this upcoming season are media allowed on the field so Tom will be revising his role as 
as you mentioned, as part of the conference protocols. He'll be in studio for road games. He'll be in stadium for home games. So it should be a, a fun meeting. But we have not been in the same location of Tom since March as well. So it was good to see him catch up. Granted, he and I have weekly texts to see what he's watched that week on Netflix because there's not anything that Tom Helmer will not watch if you put it on a screen in front of him. I'm going to put Tom on blast to all our listeners right now. And I hope Tom's listening because I want some clarification on this. He claims, and this is a little teaser into the interview, that he has watched all of Netflix. I don't know how that's possible. I feel like there's there's no way you could do that. I'm sure he's gone through quite a few shows, but he said he's all the way through Netflix and halfway through Hulu. I don't know that I believe that, but nonetheless, good to see Tom today over Zoom. Again, not what we're normally used to, but he was rocking it out in his basement. He had Baywatch in the back. He was talking football with us. I mean, sounds like a pretty good situation. I guess the real question we should have asked him is which Baywatch was it? Was the new stuff with The Rock? Was it the original with David Hasselhoff? Because you can't hassle the Hoff. Well, with how much much uh, CrossFit Tom has been taking up over the last year. He's trying to look like those gentlemen, and I don't know if he's there yet. Well, neither am I, so I guess I can't talk. It is a fun show. We are excited to be back on the podcast. Alex and I did an extended layoff after we continued into the month of June after the, the COVID outbreak began. So we're back with you, and we've got some exciting things on the slate that we're not going to fully roll out yet. As always, this is your podcast. Let us know who you want to hear from and make it yours. We're always happy for suggestions. We're happy to do it in a virtual way and certainly love the feedback as always. We do, and like Greg said, very exciting year coming up. I'm telling you right now, we're going to have some fantastic guests on the show, awesome segments. Uh, we, we've we been really trying to, to get you guys the best entertainment possible, and totally echo Greg on that. If you've got suggestions, topics you want to hear about, you want to hear less of me talk, just let us know, because this is your podcast. We want to bring you all things Eastern, straight from the source, and let you guys have an opportunity to get on the inside of things and really get it from a different perspective. So we're more than uh, excited to have you guys back. We're excited to be back and, you know, have at least a microphone listening to us while we're recording this. Hopefully you guys are at home listening to us as well. We do need your home tips, though, because right now there are two gentlemen that are important to this podcast that when wearing masks... Their glasses fog up. So if you've got any remedies for Mr. Alex Jewell, he says shaving cream on the lenses will cure it in an instant. So we want to hear from you on best ways to fog-free those eyeglasses. That's true. Fog remedies, welcome. And of course, uh, like like Greg said, you know, any tips that you can give us is important. Everybody's gotten, whether it's uh, how to work from home or how to manage COVID life, it's been different for all of us. We're excited to share some of those stories and maybe some of the funnier ones as well as the podcast goes on. But Greg, hold on now. This is still the Eastern Insider podcast, which means we're not getting out of an open without talking about some sort of food object or candy. And we all know that Halloween weekend just finished up. So give it to the listeners what's the when, when when you're handing out halloween candy what's the ones you're putting at the bottom of the bucket to save for yourself so the kids don't get them well if it, we're keeping candy at the bottom it would normally be snickers or twix anything with caramel i'm all about but in new reality mrs steiner aka 
Kathy. Kathy with a C. Kathy with a C. Greg's mom is also also Kathy. Kathy with a K. The OG. She's listening. But but in in COVID times, we had to over the weekend go back, and she had to individually wrap candy for these kids. It was a process. So when they came up to the table, they could grab and not touch everything else. So there's no more bowls, Alex. That's so 2019. Everybody, send me an email, and I'll give you Greg's personal address to go get the leftovers. Just kidding. Just kidding. Good choice on the chocolate and caramel, Greg. But if it's me, if I could have one thing, it would be a Bobby Bowling. If those of you don't know, former employee here at Eastern, homemade popcorn ball. Bobby, if you're listening, send some of those up here. You know, you know our address. That's what that's what I'd be going with. Well, as long there was one house on the block when we grew up, they always had dental floss as the thing they gave out. Don't be that guy. See, our dentist in the neighborhood always gave out the biggest candy bars you could ever have because I think he wanted the business. Speaking of the holiday that was, we hope uh, you enjoyed your Halloween. We also hope that tomorrow is a holiday for you to get out and perform your civic duty. It is voting day across the USA. Please go out, do your civic duty. Whether you support the the red or the blue, make sure you're doing your part too. Absolutely. Get out and vote. It's one of the most important and uh, integral things that we can do as Americans. You know, I think a lot of people don't realize how awesome of a responsibility that is. And it really is that, a responsibility. Uh, So do your civic duty. Go out to the polls. Vote. You know, it's worth standing in line to make your voice heard. And then, like Greg said, whether you're in the red or the blue, on Wednesday we'll all be in the green and white. And we'll be ready to watch Eastern Michigan take on Kent State. So, like Halloween, this intro has gotten a little bit scary long. So we're going to send it to a quick break. And on the flip side, we've got... Chris Creighton, talking Eastern Michigan football. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next week. Be sure to download the Eastern Michigan Game Day app, available in the App Store and Google Play. The EMU Athletics app features live video, real-time social streams, scoreboards, stats, and more. An entire app dedicated to Eastern Athletics. Download the EMU Athletics app today. Hard to imagine, but it's been 314 days since the last time Eastern Michigan played a football game, joined alongside head coach Chris Creighton. Having football back, thinking back to to everything, how has kind of the pandemic changed you maybe as a person and as a football coach? Uh, well, I mean, for me as a person, I've got some family members right now who are who are dealing, seriously dealing with uh, with COVID-19. And, and so there's so many different ways, you know, to talk about it at the, at the same time, when I look back, and I think when I look back on this period of my life, selfishly, I want to make sure I'm clear with that. I'm, I'm going to definitely have some gratitude for the time that I got to spend uh, with family. I mean, even though we were working like crazy, we we're still working from home. And so um, Art, Bart, and Fargo, my three kids, we were able to at least check on them when they're doing their schoolwork, when I'm you know, going to, to another room or something like that. So I, I do. I think that there's going to be uh, parts of that that uh, you know going to be grateful for. And again, I say that understanding that uh, that our world has undergone um, significant suffering and and uh, you know my extended family is 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 feeling that pain right now too so and then as a coach um, I really have relied on, like Tom said on the character um, of our program I think that our character our culture is what has sustained us for all of that time away and um, all of the uncertainty um, I don't know that I've led all that well 
well, you know, trying to have clear vision in uncertain times. I uh, don't know that I, I did that very well. I do think that we made some some good decisions along the way, and and I'm proud of how our our program has battled this and come through this and where we are today. There's still more battling to come. But uh, for all of us football coaches, I think we like to control things, uh, like to have some routine. And uh, it certainly has not been a season, uh, you know, of certainty and, and, and routine. Yeah, you mentioned routine and, and kind of a rhythm that you usually get in over a course of a year. How unique is it to have meetings virtually, to, to check in guys virtually? I know as a collective team, you haven't been able to have everybody in a meeting room like you normally would for extended meetings. You can have them out on the field or in the stadium distance, but how much does that all change the norm for you? I honestly had never heard of Zoom before this. And in March, when when everybody went home and, and even through April, I thought it was phenomenal. I mean, it was a way for us to communicate and have meetings and keep in touch and all of those things. And that that probably lasted through April and then sometime in May, um, definitely in the summer. Now I you know, <laughs> I can't stand it because uh, it's it's not it's not a team meeting, uh, not the way I run a team meeting. You know, on Zoom, it's everybody on mute because uh, you can't have 130 people or whatever it is, you know, with their mics open. You know, and just kind of giving information. That's just not uh, not how. We like to do it. And, you know, the film quality when you're trying to do position meetings and whatnot just isn't as good. And, you know, the way the way that we teach, you know, is not by presenting a lecture. You know, it's uh, we're communicating with each other. I mean, we're, we're answering questions and body language and all of that. And so um, it's it's been a it's been a blessing, but it's also um, nothing like uh, being together. And uh, you're right, we have not had our team meetings right now where we take a knee at the end of practice, um, and we're all spread out. And, you know, people have their helmets or their masks on, and so we can do that. But all the things that we normally do as a program, which I think is is you know one of the you know bedrock foundations of of who we become, you know, we've we've not been able uh, to do much of that. In ter- talking with Coach Nethery last night, he said that this because of it, it's also a lot people to be maybe more prepared than they've ever been. It's helped test some of the smarts of his linebacking crew. When you, you think about that and, and you think of guys like Terry and, and Tariq who, who have now more ability to break down film or think about it, how, how does that help them translate to better prepared and be better players on the field. And now that we've been able to practice, you know, the the accumulation of all of those meetings, you know, uh, in March and April and May and June and July, absolutely um, sets you ahead of where you were mentally. But I will still tell you that there's nothing nothing better than actually doing it. And that's what, you know, we weren't uh, allowed to do for such a long time. So that is the positive, you know, the mental aspect of the game. And, and even guys just really spending the time uh, to learn um, how to learn football, both our offense, defense, and special teams, and how to watch film on other people. All of those things, I think, took a step forward. Offensively, everybody notices that my glass is gone. You have a new running back as well. It, it, when you see that, though, people take that as a negative. But on the flip side, you have an experienced group of wide receivers, offensive linemen, tight ends. How much of a luxury is it to have experience at those positions to help bring along the two other positions that 
are still very youthful. I mean, we do have a certain amount of youth, if you want to call it that, or lack of playing experience, you know, on our team. And, and then you're talking about our offense right now. It's certainly not the case on our offensive line. feel really good about our depth on the offensive line. And in our terminology, we have a number of guys who are above the line. And that line being those who, you know, can play competitively for us. And we're going to need that. You, you do uh, every year. So I think things are going to start with that. And then if you attach the tight end group with it, with, you know, Thomas and Bryson and Gunner, who've played a lot of football here. And then with, you know, our guys that have joined the team, you know, that ends up being a, a mature group um, and, a, and a really good group. So, you know, with Dylan and, and Q and, and uh, Haas, I mean, those guys obviously have a lot of experience playing football for us in, in competitive game day situations. But we also have um, a lot of youth um, at our wide receiver position that fortunately we've been able to, to bring along, um, you know, with just the nature of how the season has unfolded. And then at running back, you know, Darius Boone was with us last year, just had redshirted him. And, and then uh, DJ Smith has, has really come on as well. And, you know, then there's, you know, some people have you seen Carmi some, and then people know that Samson Evans from Iowa has, has, uh, has transferred. And, and then you've got uh, Trey Bass as a freshman. And so I think we are pretty young. Um, and inexperienced at a running back spot. But, you know, we're, we're pleased with um, how things have gone so far. 6.05 Wednesday night, Eastern Michigan will take on Kent State. Uh, it was a game that the Golden Flashes were not supposed to be on your schedule this year. But when the revised max schedule comes out, they're your opening game. How difficult was it to, one, get preparation fired back up for a team that you weren't planning to play, but also still the aspect that it's one that you have fresh in your mind because it was your last Mac opponent you've also played. So was that a, a good luxury or how did that all break down and quickly getting preparation back for a talented Kent State offense? So we did play them in, in week 12, you know, last year. And so, you know, they are, are fresh in your mind and, and we know that they've probably made some some changes and adjustments and whatnot, you know, since that time. And, but uh, yeah, and just, we, you know, college football staffs have had plenty of time, you know, I don't know what it's been three weeks or, or a month knowing, you know, who are, who are playing and, you know, that, that's what we do is, is, uh, you know, watch film and study and get, get your team prepared. So um, they're, they're challenging to prepare for. You know, there's there's no question they're they're challenging to prepare for. Just like I was saying earlier, offensively they're really good at what they do, and it's sometimes a little bit less of figuring out what they're doing, but just actually stopping what you might know is coming. They're just really good at it, and and obviously do it at a at a uh, at a quick pace. And then their their defense, you know, they have a lot of movement, a lot of people moving around, and so uh, it's a handful and definitely a challenge. And coach, we'll let you get out of here on this when kickoff finally comes. Is it going to be a, a relief to finally have football back? Can you take a, a, a deep breath and say we're back? Or do you still, up until that ball is kicked, still hold it real loosely that this can be taken away in, in an eyelash? Uh, I think it's both. I mean, we, we're not just kind of putting our feet in the water and trying to feel how warm or cold it is. We're full steam ahead with, with this season. But, uh, you know, at the same time, we, we do know that really at any moment and every day at any moment, things do change and not in for the entire program necessarily, but that's happened too, but even with just individuals. So, so yeah, we're, we're both things are, are happening simultaneously. Um, I don't think it's going to be a, a relief. I mean, I, I think when we all got back together, it was just, 
so exciting. When we got to be back in the weight room, it was so exciting. We got to be back in the in the building, it was so exciting. When we got to do our walkthroughs, it was exciting. When we got to put helmets and shoulder pads, I mean, so, you know, and I think that, that this will be, you know, the, the cherry on top to be able to actually play and compete. Coach, appreciate your time. As always, good luck against Kent State. Thank you. Looking for a ride? Trinity Transportation has the vehicle for you. From luxurious motor coaches to cozy sedans, Trinity Transportation is prepared to take you to your destination. Check out their fleet of vehicles at trinitytransportation.com or call 877-284-4200 to book today. That's trinitytransportation.com or 877-284-4200. Trinity Transportation, the official transportation provider of Eastern Michigan Athletics. We roll on with this football-centered first episode of Season 3 of the Eastern Insider Podcast. And, of course, we're happy to be joined now by one of our favorite radio broadcasters. It's Tom Helmer, back this year for a second season with the WEMU staff. The role is going to look maybe a little bit different than it did last year, but still happy to get Tom involved. And then, you know, obviously, as the season progresses, we'll hear more from him as well. Tom, great to have you back on the show. And how excited are you for football? I'm so excited excited it's finally here listen the the mac lived in purgatory longer than anybody first one's out last one's back in and i understand it because there's so many protocols and everybody wants to do what's right for the the coaches the players everybody um but i'm just so excited that football is finally back in the mac well and we'll, we'll dive into some more football centric questions but you know i think we've got to ask you personally you know how have you been handling this quarantine i know we've talked a few times you know over the course of the summer but not only do you uh you know have to stay in the house and finally getting out more and about but you've got kids at home too and i know that was a challenge certainly as the quarantine kind of set in over the summer that's the hardest part when you got the the kids in the house they couldn't go to school anymore and i think uh after about 10 weeks of quarantine we finally decided we'd uh maybe roll out of michigan and and head south towards the uh in-laws house there so they could get outside get some sunshine and play it's been difficult I, i think the secret for me at least has been finding some sort of schedule um I belonged to a gym that would actually do Zoom classes so I could still see people that I knew and it gave me something in the day to look forward to. And other than that, it's, it's been a bit of a waiting game. I watched all of Netflix. I'm done with that. I've moved on to Hulu. I'm about halfway through that. And then after that, maybe move on to Prime Video. But I, I think I've watched everything there is, including going back and rewatching Cheers and other shows like that. We would have our, our weekly or semi-weekly checkups, you and I, to trade uh, stories on what you were watching. But we know you're a gym aficionado. It had to be killing you to stay away from CrossFit. We've heard already the stories <laughs> about our players being creative, building some some weights out of concrete. I mean, what were you doing? Were you out there lifting Abby on, on, on deadlifts? Or what, what were you doing to stay fit? Yeah, I'd grab the kids, tuck them under the arm. I'd try and trounce through the mud in the field now. I, I, I got a couple dumbbells, and other than that, it was uh, just kind of body weight exercise stuff. It, I think the key for me was they had scheduled classes every day, and one of them was at, at 10.30. So I knew every day, at least I had somewhere to be at 10.30. And it may sound like a small thing, but, but you know, Greg and Alex, that having some sort of schedule creates at least a little bit of normalcy in this. And I think we saw it with the EMU athletes, too. You, you talk about it. Some of the guys, you know, went to the hardware store, filled buckets with concrete, and had, like, rebar in between it to make their own, their own bench press weights or curl weights. 
everybody was trying to find some way to create their own normal and move forward. And we're still not back to normal, but at least there's a game on the horizon. And I think that feels good for everybody. Yeah. And, you know, I think maybe more so more so than ever before, some of the off the field kind of intangibles of, of players at different schools are going to come into play on the field in these games. Obviously, every team has been hindered with how much they can practice or lack thereof. And Certainly the challenges of people having to quarantine or, or unfortunately catching the virus. In your time in, in sports, obviously you've been around some really great teams, some, some not so great teams. Do you think that maybe the cohesive teams that are really those families off the field are going to have a leg up this year going into to the first week of competition? I think so. Adversity really shows a team's true colors. And from everything I've seen with Eastern Michigan, the adversity has brought them much closer. You know, we talked to Neil Nethery on the defensive side of the ball. They had somewhere in the neighborhood of like 100 meetings, at least through Zoom, where they could talk and connect in that way. And so I think that has brought the team closer together. We know they're going to be football smart when they're on the field. The difference, the different difference maker, if you will, is going to be how were they able to fight through the quarantine and try and stay in football shape and get ready to go. And with certain guys getting it or being in contact with it and having to shut it down for a while, it's given everybody on the depth chart a chance to be in key roles and get an experience they probably wouldn't get in a normal year. And as we know, this is an abnormal year. And, and technically, as an athlete, it, it doesn't count towards your eligibility. So really, it's like uh, it's bonus football. That's what I'm calling it. It is bonus football, but it's also a kind of a shell game in the aspect that you don't always know what pieces of the puzzle you're going to be working with every week. I mean, you could have a guy that you think all of a sudden is going to be your starting QB. We saw it with Wisconsin, uh, and all of a sudden they're out with, with COVID. Uh, certainly HIPAA and FERPA, all those things are going to keep things secret from some of us, but how do you envision kind of this this crazy world of not really knowing always until you're out there who you actually have to play with? Greg, you bring up a great question, and it kind of hit me yesterday when the MAC commissioner said he was asked, what to you will be a successful season? And he said, handing the MAC championship trophy to somebody in a month and a half. And it was kind of like this head explosion moment. I'm like, this is going to be a six week sprint where half the battle is just trying to stay healthy and get through it. We so badly, I think as a society want to just get back to normal that we're like, all right, Mac football starting. All right. I geek out like most guys. I look at the schedule. I look at the times, all that stuff. And then it hits me when you hear the commissioner say something like that, like, man, I hope we play six games. I, I hope we can get through this schedule. It's going to be an interesting six weeks. And uh, knock on wood, I hope everybody gets to play their games. You bring up a great point with Wisconsin. They couldn't play against Nebraska. Nebraska tries to reschedule and get Chattanooga on there for a game. And the Big Ten says, no, 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 we're not, you know, we're not going to do that. I understand both sides of it. Football players, coaches, staff are eager to get after it and have sports. But on the flip side, there's that safety issue. You don't want people getting infected. You don't want people getting sick. You don't want people going to the hospital. It's this incredible tightrope that everybody in sports 
has to walk. What I talked to um, Scott Weatherby this week, and he said, do you realize we haven't had a sport on campus since March 11th? And here we sit almost November. And in that whole time, he goes, that's what we do. We're the athletic department. To not have any sports is, is unbelievable. So it's a strong desire for everybody to get back to playing while at the same time trying to protect everybody at the same time. And it, it, it's a tough road. And to go along with that comment from Scott, it's even crazier to think about the fact that we're looking at almost a calendar year when Eastern takes the field. We sense the last time that we've seen them play. Of course, obviously, that was the Quick Lane Bowl on the 26th of December in 2019. It will be, I think, just over 315 days when they finally suited up again. Uh, so certainly a crazy number, but hopefully assuming that we get to the game on Wednesday, we're, we're crossing our fingers if that's the case. Once you're into the stadium and the, and the shoulder pads are on, there is football to be played. And that uh, is obviously the most important thing to the players once they're on the field. We hear it from the coach's perspective, you know, what they like about Kent State. I'm interested from the sideline perspective and the booth perspective. You were there against Kent State last year. You saw that team. What are some of those challenges uh, that you remember from Kent State? Well, one of the things I remember, if you go back to 2020 or 2019, which seems like a distant memory now, that was a crucial game against Kent State. Eastern Michigan didn't know for sure that they were going to go to a bowl game. They really wanted to get that Kent State victory. And Kent State came in, had some explosive plays. Dustin Crum at quarterback, Xavier Williams, they're back this year for Kent State. They're two-thirds of a combination that rushed for over 200 yards against that Eastern Michigan defense. Now, Neil Nethery feels they are much better defensively this year than perhaps they were a year ago. And he thinks they're going to be much better at limiting explosive plays. So those are two guys for Kent State to watch out for that really put a hurting on Eastern Michigan last year. And I think that will be a good measuring stick for EMU as to where they are defensively and how they're going to perform in the MAC this season if they can limit those explosive plays and keep that Kent State offense in check. Tommy, look at this team that Eastern brings back, and we think back to a year ago. There were 28 seniors that played their final game in that quick lane bowl. This year, Eastern Michigan has a senior class of just 14. The Eagles are the 12th youngest team in the country. That means a whole lot of, of people that we've heard about but haven't seen on the field yet as underclassmen. Who kind of excites you the most to see this year on the field? Well, I think uh, receiver-wise, you still, you still got Drummond back. You got Keon Williams back. Those are guys that are uh, explosive players. A lot of people are going to look at the quarterback position and wonder you lost a great deal with Mike Glass he was an excellent quarterback now Preston Hutchinson is a guy that has only started one game but he played a phenomenal game against Western Michigan and he's played in eight games in his Eastern Michigan career he's a guy I think that uh, has had a lot of time to study that could surprise some people this season defensively I talked about it before another he thinks his linebacking core Maybe the best he's had since he got to Ypsilanti. Uh, that, that's a key sign for them. And uh, Teran Rush, a captain up front, he's a guy that can get after uh, the quarterback as well. I don't think being young is necessarily a bad thing for Eastern Michigan. Sometimes it can surprise you how well the young guys play. And in such an odd year, it may actually be a bonus for them. Some high praise for the linebacking group from Neil Nethery when you think about some of the LBs that he's had uh, come through and play for him here at Eastern Michigan. Small-time kind of guys already in his, his tenure here. So to, to say that about guys like Terry Meyer, Tariq, 
Tariq Spates. How important is it, though, to get your feet under you as a team and then use that kind of momentum to go into next year? Uh, really, because as this year has been such a long wait, it'll feel like next year comes right around the corner if we can get to spring ball and everything in normal fashion. Yeah, Alex, you know, we, when you look at 2020 and all the things we've lost with the pandemic, one of the things that Eastern Michigan may have lost a little bit was momentum. They played a tremendous bowl game against Pitt in the largest quick lane crowd they've ever had in Detroit. And I talked to a lot of EMU alumni that were pumped about what they saw on the field, despite that Eastern Michigan didn't win that bowl game, but realizing Chris Creighton has an excellent program going in Ypsilanti. So you felt like, all right, well, we get into August, they're going to have this momentum and they can build on that and the program continues to go. And as you said, we got like 300 and some days in between football games here. And now EMU has to bring their own energy to the field. This Kent State game is going to have no fans. So as pumped as the players are going to be to get out there and finally hit somebody else, when you make a big sack, you score a touchdown. So when you look at the stands, it's going to be crickets out there. So you, you got to bring your energy. And I think another interesting aspect of this season, you talk about bonus football and progressing, is Chris Creighton is going to be calling the offensive plays this year. This is the first time since he got to Eastern Michigan that he's calling the offensive plays. I think this is a tremendous year, as you said, Alex, for growth in the program. I'm not really going to look at records for anybody in this in, in a shortened season. I think it's just going to be a great catapult to 2021. And if you can really grow your young players, as, we, as we've talked about, and you can take that next step as a program in a year where all sorts of adversity has been thrown at you, then you're going to have a leg up in 2021. You talk about adversity, Tom, and one of the things off the field that we'll be dealing with is part of the max regulations this year, no sideline reporters, which uh, unfortunately means we won't see you parading up and down the sidelines, getting in, in coaches and trainers and everybody's face to get that scoop for us. But you're still on the broadcast. How do you envision the broadcast changing a little bit this year, knowing that you won't have quite the, the close connections that you've had uh, last year with, with the team? Well, as you know, in this business, uh, information is a commodity. And the more information you have, the richer the broadcast could be. Thanks to, you know, the staff, like you guys selves at Eastern Michigan and others, technology plays a big part in connecting with people. And through Zoom and other technologies, we can still contact Chris Creighton. We can still talk with the AD, Scott Weatherby. Um, it won't be as instantaneous as it was last year, but as with everybody else in this society, you just got to roll with the punches and bring the best possible product you can to the listeners. And I think Matt Shepard, Rob Rubick, and myself will absolutely do that again this year. And we know it's going to be a challenge, but we still look forward to bringing the best broadcast possible to Eagles fans. For those that don't know, Tom will be live in studio to cover halftime uh, on Wednesday night during the Kent State game. Tom, you mentioned just earlier that you had sat down with Athletic Director Scott Weatherby. I know that he's your guest on Wednesday, right? So give us a little bit of a preview of, of what we can expect to hear uh, from Scott Weatherby in your conversation. Well, we, we t we're going to we'll talk a little bit about, uh, as I mentioned at the beginning of this interview, this long purgatory that the MAC went through, being the first FBS conference out and the last one back in. We're going to talk about some of the hurdles of, of testing and doing everything possible to get a team back on the field. Um, we're also going to talk about some of the ways that EMU fans can still support the team, the program, and sports at Eastern Michigan without 
actually getting to be there in person. It, it's a lot of good information. I really could have talked with him for hours. Um, the, the interview you're going to hear is probably just short of about eight minutes, but uh, it, it was riveting stuff. And it's interesting to hear the inside story of, of what goes on at a Division One university when going through something we've never been through before. That certainly is a fantastic teaser, and we hope that all of you listening will spend some time with Tom on Wednesday night and the rest of the WEMU broadcast crew. Remember, the game is also broadcast on ESPN+. Plus. But if you want to listen in locally, WEMU 89.1 FM, of course, our flagship football station. Tom, wishing you all the best this season. Good luck in your in-studio role. I'm sure we'll talk to you throughout the year. And uh, looking forward to hearing your voice back on the airwaves on Wednesday night. It's going to be a little warmer in the studio than it was in Akron last year. So I look forward to that. That's true. For those that don't remember, <laughs> tell the story. Coach Creighton, I think, uh, made me get Tom like a ski jacket from the equipment staff. So of course, shout out to Ben and Dom for, for doing that. Tom was frigid. He was, uh, well, me and Greg were kind of just waving down from the press. <laughs> there were 12 people <laughs> in the student section for that game, and I had three coats on. More on the Eastern Insider right after this. From the gridiron to the microphone, it's the Q&A with Keon Williams. Welcome back to the Eastern Insider Podcast. You heard us talk a little bit in the open about a new student-athlete segment this year, of course, to replace Peanuts Gallery that was on the show for the last couple years. Of course, Nicole Remedios, she did a great job from soccer. But this year, we're excited to welcome, the first uh, for the first time, Keon Williams to the show. Keon, great to see you. Of course, a member of the football team. And you're going to be doing a little Q&A segment for us this year, aren't you? Yes, sir. No pun intended. That's actually going to be the name of the show, too. You're going to be talking to our listeners kind of on a weekly basis. I know that you've got some thoughts and ideas about what you're interested in doing. Tell us a little bit about your background, how you got to Eastern, and why you're interested in kind of stepping into this sort of entertainment business. Just a little short background uh, of me. You know, I'm I'm from Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Uh, played football ever since soccer member and played multiple sports, but football was something I fell in love with at an early age. And I just knew that if I was like, if I was, if I played football well enough, I knew I could get to this level that I'm on right now. So that's just a little bit about me um, and then too much. And uh, so, uh, the reason why I'm just interested in going into this field is because well, at a young age, I always paid attention to sports. Uh, I love how animated sports broadcasters were, you know, just people like growing up like Shaq, uh, Kenny Smith, uh, people like them, just watching uh, football and basketball, just all type of sports. Uh, so, and I always loved how, I always loved how animated and how into the game they were and just how knowledgeable they were. And I just always wanted to have that same knowledge and just be on that level with them and just, and I just see where, where that career path takes them, like it surrounds them around all different types of different athletes and just not just beyond athletes just different types of people and uh you just get to see so much and you just learn so much so something i just knew at a young age that i wanted to do and i know i can speak for greg when i say that we're excited to have q join the show because you know our listeners like hearing from more of the inside perspective from a student athlete you've got a different perspective than greg and i do we weren't able to be student athletes just weren't good enough but nonetheless we still get to to talk with you and talk sports every week but it's always good to have someone that's been actually on the playing field and speaking of that you guys 
are getting ready to take the playing field on Wednesday, just two days away as we record this interview. Give me a little scouting report. How's the uh, how's the team looking? Man, we about to turn a lot of heads this year. We got a lot of doubters uh, on the outside looking in, but I'm, I'm pretty confident in just how we prepared leading up to this game, and uh, I just can't wait to show the world what we got. I'm telling you, it's going to be it's gonna be something special to see. In this episode, we've asked Coach Creighton, and we asked Tom Helmer, who's one of our radio broadcasters, the same question about uh, the quarterback situation, which everybody's wondering about and wanted to talk about. Obviously, losing Mike Glass is a big deal, and we've heard different perspectives from different people about Preston specifically. You're the one catching the passes from Preston. What is it about Preston that's going to make people be surprised this year? Well, the world saw a little glimpse of it last year, but Preston, he's just a baller. Like, he just got, he's got so much game. Uh, you can never count him out, and he's extremely confident in his abilities. Regardless if he makes a mistake, he flushes it. He can get right back up and just keep it pushing, and that's something I love about Preston. And I just can't wait to see him just show everybody else what I've been knowing about him ever since I met him our freshman year. So, Q, tell the listeners kind of what you've talked to me about in the past in terms of, you know, when football does end for you, what's uh, what's kind of the goal? Where do you hope to kind of take your career after football? Lord willing, um, my years of football extend beyond college, so hopefully I just have a long professional career then after that, um, jump into jump into sports broadcasting, sports uh, be a sports analyst, potentially have my own show on TV. That's something I've always dreamt of, and then um, another thing I've always wanted to do was just have my own uh, talent agency, so that's whether it's sports, music, uh, just any any form of entertainment, um, that's something, like, I just always wanted to get my hands uh, my hands in something like that. Well, I've got to give you credit because I'd love to take credit for the, the segment name of the Q&A, but that was all Keon Williams coming up with that himself. I know he's talked about having that dream for a long time. Fits his name because they call you Q, so we're excited to have the Q&A this year on the Eastern Insider Podcast. Within the next couple of weeks, we'll get that started. So in this segment, you'll hear Q start to host and bring on different student athletes, guests, coaches, whoever it may be. It should be really exciting. I think Q uh, is going to be able to talk a lot of sports, different pop culture, different things, uh, so it'll be really fun to have him on the show. Q, we're excited to have you, We, uh, but first off, we wish you good luck on Wednesday. Hopefully we can bring back a win and then talk about that a little bit next week. That's it for this edition of the Eastern Insider Podcast. Thanks for listening. For Greg Steiner, I'm Alex Jewell, reminding you to visit emueagles.com slash podcasts or go to SoundCloud, iTunes, or wherever you get your digital media to stay connected with us every Monday. As always, follow us on social media for the most up-to-date information on EMU Athletics.